Hey, welcome back to Be Present Podcast. This is your host, Rashad Smith. And join with me, I have my friend and fan favorite, John LaChapelle. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, hey, it's going well. It's very good to be back. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime. So if you all listened to the time before, John shared a scripture that has stuck with him through the times. It was Psalm 141.5, and it was so good. John, will you just share a little bit of that revelation again of Psalm 141.5, please? Yeah, I'm just going to read it just to remind our listeners. Psalm 141.5, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Uh, David says, when one of your godly lovers corrects me, or one of your faithful ones rebukes me, I will accept it like an honor I can't refuse. It will be as healing medicine that I swallow without an offended heart. Even if they are mistaken, I will continue to pray. I mean, even just reading that again, I'm like convicted. I know, <laughs> me too. so good. <laughs> yeah, so the Lord gave me this passage. I remember where I was. I was sitting in the back of a truck um, with fellow uh, employees, if you will, for a uh, Christian summer camp that I was serving at. And I was under uh, authority. I was under leadership. And I was in a new environment with people that I was still getting to know. And I just remember the Lord just so pricked my heart when I read that I can trust not only the people of God that he surrounded me with, but greater than that, I can trust him that even in situations where people are bringing correction or people are admonishing you, you can just receive without offense because the Lord is so much greater um, than even these little places where humans see in part, hear in part. And so it just released me to see what the Lord was doing in a, in a, in a grander scale than just these little moments. And um, unfortunately, the body of Christ has been so divided. And I think there's, and not in a criticism or judgment, but there's been a lot of people who have left the church because mm-hmm. of these offenses and these places where corrections being brought or admonishment is being brought. And so Man, if we could really receive the revelation that's hidden in this this psalm, I think we could save ourselves a lot of disunity. Yeah. And you know, John, since you say that, I think that this episode is going to do that. So I think it's going to release and help many people. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to. I did an interview with my spiritual grandparents a couple of weeks ago, and this was brought back up. And it was just, wow. it was awesome how it, we're seeing it in different states and in the nation and the nations, and it's just, it rings true. So we've got to overcome this thing. And I think one of the, the cool things and ways that we can do it is just simple communication. It's just yes. like if you were to talk to your girlfriend or wife or husband or boyfriend, whoever it is to you, you talk to your friends and your mom, your dad, just have an open dialogue with people so we don't keep these little foxes, as you said, housed mm. up. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, John just said that this stirred so much conviction for him and it did me as well. And if you go back and listen to our first episode that he and I did together, it stirred conviction there as well. And it sparked a conversation that both John and I decided that we need to come together with revelation knowledge that Holy Spirit gave him and me for the entire passage of Psalm 141. So mm. that's what we're going to do. We're going to go from verses one through 10. I'm going to read them from the New King James, but John is free to read from whatever... Uh, translation he has and then we'll have dialogue so i'll start verse one 
Adonai, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. John, what do you receive from that or what are you hearing? Man, just the accessibility of the Lord, the pleasure of the Lord to respond when we cry out to him. I think so many of us just we toss up a prayer and we just kind of go about our way. But David here is imploring the Lord. I'm waiting for you. Come mm-hmm. close. Come quickly. Lord, are you listening when I'm calling out to you? It's a it's a call and response. And I think the body of Christ has to come into a greater place of tarrying and waiting, waiting for the Lord to come close, waiting for him to come near. Um, we can't just throw up petitions and then just go about our business. If I'm going to, if I'm going to engage the Lord, then I'm waiting for him to respond. Yeah. How apropos that that's the season that we're in now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How apropos, you know, it's cool. <laughs> I know that you guys don't know this, but John and I prepared our revelation separately. So neither one of us has any idea what the other's going to say, but it's so awesome how what you said is some of what Holy Spirit gave me as well. And I'll just mm. simply uh, finalize it is that God wants to hear from us and he does hear us when we pray. Yes. And the other thing about this is David wasn't making a demand as if God serves man, but David was speaking to Yahweh as his friend who is God. And God mm-hmm. is our shield, our buckler, our helper. The other thing that I got from this is that many of us, John, even us as believers, as sons of Most High God, were fearful to approach God. And exactly. that stems from the, the curse in the Garden East of Eden with, with Adam and Eve. But thankfully, mm. we have Yeshua. He paid that ransom. We don't have to fear going to God. This verse says to me, intimacy, just get before God. And as John said, continue to tarry and continue on. He will avenge his elect. Amen. Yeah. That's a major piece, Rashad. I think shame is such a, a barrier for people coming before the Lord vulnerably and intimately. Exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. The the curse of the garden was the shame of I've done something wrong. And and really shame is not shame is saying I am something bad. Guilt is I've done something wrong. And so the blood of Jesus, like you just testified to, I think if we don't understand the access that has been made available because mm-hmm. of the, the life of Christ, shame will continue to keep people from stepping in to that corridor of intimacy that you're speaking about. Yeah, I'm glad you made that distinction. That was really, would you say it again, the difference between shame and guilt? Yes. Yeah. So guilt is, is I've done something wrong. Um, I made a mistake. I, I sinned. And so I feel the guilt of my action. Shame says I am something wrong. I am something bad. And so unfortunately, a lot of the taboo topics in the church are surrounded by this barrier, this fortress of shame. And so the topics of homosexuality, same-sex attraction, prostitution, uh, abortion, all of these heavy topics that God wants to give the church authority and love in have been enclosed by who I am is bad, so I won't talk about them. And so I believe the Lord is equipping the body in this hour to hit shame head on and say, you're not going to rob the authority that we have been given in Christ anymore. Amen. Amen. May we enter that. Let's move on to verse two. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. What Mm -hmm. do you have from that? 
Yeah, this this is so good. How mine reads, um, I'm reading out of the Passion. Let my prayer be as the evening sacrifice that burns like fragrant incense, rising up as my offering to you, as I lift my hands and surrendered worship. David was pulling from Exodus 30, 25. When the Lord was giving the instructions for the tabernacle, he spoke specifically about the anointing oil and he spoke specifically about the fragrance. Mm -hmm. And so I love that David is, he's posturing himself before the Lord in such a um, place of reverence and holiness, just as it was designed at the Ark of the Covenant uh, an attentive meaning. And so I love that he's saying, I want my words to be like the incense where your presence abided. I, I want there to be so much Ooh. holiness, so much reverence and just the detail. If you look at Exodus 30, 25, there's, there's detail. The Lord said, I want this spice, this spice, this oil. I want this much. I want this weight, this measurement. I just, I feel the, um, the intentionality of David's heart. I, I want to be like the evening sacrifice. I want the details. I want I want it to be arrayed in such a way that you receive the honor that is due your name. And so I love that you made the distinction. David's not coming, throwing his weight around, demanding something of God. He's coming before him as a friend and yes. also as the God who deserves reverence and honor. So mm -hmm. I just see this, this mingling of holiness with the, uh, the tabernacle of the presence in Exodus. That's really good. That is so good. Um, hmm. I, and I'll give mine and then we'll kind of go back on that because I love how we got different things. Yet the same thing. So verse five to John, this verse is to me, verse two. So I hit this this verse in my heart, my very early, early college years. And that's how I stumbled on this entire passage. Now, there's wow. so many angles we can come and decipher and perceive this verse. But the revelation God gave me to give to the listeners is that we must always honor and prefer God. This gives him preeminence in our lives. And when we give him the first place, we're offering him first fruits of our mornings and of our nights. And when that happens, he fills our barns with abundance and our vats with new wine and glory. Yes. It's not about a prosperity mentality, not that prosperity is wrong. This is simple, basic cause and effect of the kingdom of God and of earth. And mm. I think that if we understood that, that we would be more advanced and we'd be more fulfilled than we truly are Absolutely. you know in our lives it is so easy john for all of us not any of us are spared from it we can get distracted from placing god as the first thing mm. and yeshua rebuked the first church in revelation to the ephesus church of this thing ephesus was the picturesque city of warfare intelligence strategy yep. and get from this verse. Do you have anything else to add before we move on? Yeah. I mean, I just, now that I'm looking at it even more, I, the evening sacrifice being compared to the fragrance, the fragrance was burning 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And so the dialogue that I'm even seeing from David is like, I want to keep, I want to keep this conversation open. I want to have my heart be postured before the Lord, that it's this continuous dialogue, this continual place of, 
relating with you. And it goes back to what you're even saying. Like, if God is preeminent, if we've placed his face, the face of Christ before us continually, then we're not living fragmented. We're not living um, independent. We're staying in this vein of continual, Lord, what do you want to say about that? Lord, I'm listening. What are you saying? Mm-hmm. And so I just made that connection just now. The The fragrance that burns was a 24-7 piece. And so love that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I'll add this and then we'll move on. It took me a while to write my revelation down because it's easy for me to get revelation from scripture. And what Mm. I did was exactly what you just said. I prayed for five days straight. I said, God, I want to hear from you on what you want to say and present. I didn't write anything down. Mm. I didn't do anything. I didn't go into my knower. I allowed him to be him. So exactly right on target what you're saying. Yeah. Verse three said a guard, Adonai, over my mouth, (laughs) keep watch over the door of my lips. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, mic drop right there. <laughs> I I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to. I spoke on the month of Saban this past yeah. Saturday at launch. Right. Yeah, and so the piece, the piece about Miriam, and how the one of the one of the greatest things, and we've we've talked about shame. We've talked about um, receiving without an offended heart. But the other piece, man, is the gossip and the slander mm-hmm. that robs the body of Christ of her authority, truly. And the Lord painted that picture. If you guys aren't familiar, I shared a story out of the Old Testament with Miriam and uh, Moses and Aaron, the, the little family unit. And Miriam was gossiping with Aaron about a decision Moses made to marry a woman that they didn't necessarily like or accept. And the Lord came down and said, Hey, we're having a family meeting, meet me at the tent. And it says he descends to the tent and speaks with them of, Hey, you guys have prophets and I speak to them in visions and dreams and oracles. But my friend Moses, I speak to him face to face. Mm -hmm. And because you've dishonored, because you've dishonored by your, your slander, your gossip, there's now a, a curse that's going to fall on you. Miriam got leprosy. And so I feel like I really believe the Lord is shoring us up in a new way. You have to watch your mouth. And I love that David's saying, Hey, Lord, set a guard over my lips from speaking what is wrong. The the Septuagint says, set a fortress door before my lips. I like that. And so it's it's so strategic. It's so intentional. I, I looked a little bit at some of the original language. It could also read, set a watchman at the gates mm. of my mouth. And I just was blown away by that because then it took me back to Psalm 139. David says, you are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. David's aware that God is so purposed about every detail of his nature, his character, his personhood. And so he's saying, God, see what I'm about to say before I say it and and shore me up, align me, bring me into order. And I just, that's good, man. I love everything about this, that, that verse. It's just, it's what we need in this hour. Lord, watch our, help us watch our mouths. 
again, I love the revelation Holy Spirit gave you and that he gave me. It's very similar, but also different. This is, this is why it's so good for brothers to dwell together and to talk with each other and communicate because Come we on. just get more and more out of it. So I really appreciate you, John. I love this. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. be completely honest. So my issue is not so much gossip and slander. But my issue is I have a slick tongue and I can rip you to shreds (laughs) like quickly. Now, I can encourage this as quickly, but I can rip you to pieces. And that's what I get from this verse as well, is that we have to be careful with how we're treating our brothers and sisters and even our enemies, because Scripture tells us to pray for our enemies. So I I want to give a, a, a brief story about this and then John will, you know, communicate and then we'll move on. But at the end of 2017 in December, I was in my war room and I was praying. I was praying in the spirit and I began to prophesy. I prophesied for 15 minutes straight. And from that prophetic utterance, I wrote down in Mm. my notebook 10 pages of the prophetic word. And then I compiled it to a word document. I sent it out to trusted leaders and friends. A part of that prophecy was this verse that we have to be Mm. careful what we say and to have guards over our mouths in 2018. Well, that wasn't just for 2018. It's for now and beyond because this is the decade and year of the mouth. We have to get this verse. So we don't want to be silent and let the rocks cry out or the occult powers to cry out in our place. But we, the son of God's, the son of God, we have to be careful what we're saying and we must be led by Holy Ghost in what we're saying. I love what Chuck Pierce often exhorts those who follow him. He says, the only thing that separates me from a warlock is Holy Spirit. And that Mm. is so true. John, you've heard me teach on prophecy before. You've heard me teach on prophetic maturity. And what Chuck exhorts is so appropriate because sometimes we think we're being prophetic or being led by Holy Spirit when in actuality it could be our feelings or the psychic gates, which is the third eye, or a familiar spirit. So I'd encourage everyone to be mindful of verse three in Psalm 141 in this decade, 2020 through 2029, and the remaining six Mm. months of this year, it is needed. I I mean, I feel like we could go a million (laughs) directions based on that. We we literally just this weekend in the night watch the Lord said, I want you to pray for the abuse of the prophetic Mm. gift Mm -hmm. in your state and your nation. And we spent an hour and a half just making these same professions and repenting, Lord, forgive us as a church where we have mistaken prophecy for soul life and we've mistaken prophecy for our own encouragement, our own, you know, prophetic discernment or whatever you want to put. And, And so for people that are just learning about the prophetic people that are just understanding like, Oh, I can hear God's voice. There is a real, sobriety that we have right. to step into because it's so easy, Rashad, it's so easy to to get an unction about something, have a feeling about something, but it not be the Lord and to know how to separate what is coming from me and my own desire to encourage or to celebrate. Um, or I might, I might be seeing something because I have a very intuitive discerning gift, but to call it prophecy and to treat it like prophecy can be dangerous. Yes. You're on it. <laughs> Again, I love so, that alignment. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is so – I'm well, glad. So um, I know you've been listening to my podcast, but you might not have heard. this. Those of you who are listening, this entire podcast is dedicated to three things. Number one, our voice crying in the wilderness. Number two, the generations of millennials, Zers, and Alpha, that zero to 36 ages. And finally, 
about prophetic sobriety, as John just said. Mm -hmm. So I'd encourage mm -hmm. you to go to the catalog and find I have several episodes on that. And John, I really appreciate you all your heart for doing that because our nation really does. We are a prophet nation in a prophet state and in, in, in Houston, Texas is an intercessory city. So yeah, we definitely need that prophetic sobriety. Amen. Verse four, do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that I really wrote down about this entire psalm is this psalm is about remaining close to the Father, close to righteous community, and far from evil and those who practice it. This is really Psalm 1 all over again. I don't want to sit, stand, or walk in the counsel mm -hmm. of the wicked. And so there's there's one thing to be in the world, but not of it. I don't, don't want to sound super cliche, but there's a real... Um, sanctity that I think God is really doing in this hour as we're leading up to Pentecost, as we're celebrating the outpouring of the spirit, God is consecrating right now. And we've really been praying and declaring the theme of Isaiah four, um, where the Lord is coming with the spirit of burning and judgment, burn, burning to purify and purge us of iniquitous structures, but judgment God's judgment is actually working in our benefit. If we're followers of Jesus, his judgment is actually working to position us. And so there are some of us, we need to stop watching shows and listening to music that are actually interrupting yeah. that flow of dialogue that the Lord is wanting us to, to be in. I, I have some friends that I love dearly. And again, this isn't a, a criticism or a judgment, but we had a conversation about it. They worked specifically in um, the line of anti-human trafficking. And one of their favorite things to do is to watch this drag queen show that comes on TV. I'm, I'm not even sure the name of it, but the, the explicit nature of what you are positioned to combat and your entertainment of what you relax with and you inundate yourself with god is really purging his people Amen. and saying hey i love you but not everything is beneficial it may be permissible and it may have mm -hmm. been permissible mm -hmm. but not everything is benefiting so i just think the lord is is helping guide us away from that temptation those sinful habits and from the company of those who are practicing evil we can't share in those same places those same postures of heart um, that everyone else is doing so yeah. i like how you said um what i got the most from what you just said was the thing that we're sent and commissioned to combat we can't be taken a part of it so it's interesting that you talk about how there are people who are fighting sexual injustices but then engaging in the viewing of that and we can take this so many not even just that there's so many like people who are, are fighting let me just say something basic like hunger in schools we're, we're fighting mm. to make sure that children are having proper diets in schools but behind closed doors we're eating like hogs and it's so good john wow. because god tells us that the thing that we have the hardest thing of overcoming is the thing he's called us to dominate and rule in that's right so i, I, right. I still identify with that and i speak that to the listeners that what you're called to have dominion over you will not let overtake and overpower you in jesus name Jesus. Name. So what I got from that, uh, I connected it with verse two, because there's so many ways that we can come from verse two in this verse as well. But I simply want to remind us all of four things. Number one, God hears us when we pray. Mm. 
Number two, mm. God is eager, emphasis on eager, to cause our spirit, souls, and bodies to be fully sanctified. Number three, he is the good father who gives gifts to his sons. He is the good shepherd who supplies our needs and comforts us. And he is the author and finisher of our faith. What he yes. set out to accomplish, he will do. You know, so many times we just get so bogged down and anxious that God is not moving the way we want him to. And I think it goes back to what you said in verse one, John, about the petitioning. And then we just leave it there. But he is the mm. author and finisher of our, the perfecter. Psalm 138 yes. says he perfects that which concerns us. So we don't have to worry. And finally, I want to encourage you all in those moments, because I feel like some people, you have these secret things going on, but in public, you're all flashy and showy. And you have this battle between carnality and spirit. And we find this in 1 Corinthians 7. Paul, the great Paul, had this issue. So none of us can or better or say that we can't escape that but we're not hopeless from this because Yahweh never leaves us without hope he gave us Jesus he gave us the son and it doesn't matter what trials life brings to us or obstacles he will avenge us so yes yeah. amen okay verse five wow. John I want you to read it from the passion again please yes when one of your godly lovers corrects me or one of your faithful ones rebukes me. I will accept it like an honor I cannot refuse. It will be as healing medicine that I swallow without an offended heart. Even if they are mistaken, I will continue to pray. Amen. I'm going to read it from NKGV, and then I want you to go ahead what you got, John. Let the righteous strike yeah. me. It will be a kindness. And let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I think just to add a piece that I haven't shared yet, one of the best things I could have ever done, and really this was the leadership of the Lord, um, six years ago, I began to learn about mothering and fathering in true discipleship. And so six years ago at 21, 22 years old, I submitted myself under authority and I've been submitting myself under authority to mothers and fathers, continually, continually letting myself be corrected, letting myself be uh, matured, letting myself be spoken into. I, I can't tell you how in order in God's kingdom submission is. And so many people are afraid of that word. So many people are afraid of what that looks like. And I wrestled, oh my goodness, <laughs> I wrestled those first few years because, um, first of all, I'm the firstborn of my family. And so I grew up with responsibility at three years old. Um, and so I've learned how to be resourceful and dependent. I've learned how to really govern my own life. Um, and so at 21, 22, I was a rebellious stallion who was doing his own thing. Um, but when I came into order, when I came into timing, I submitted myself to authority and I allowed others, especially Becky, to really help govern my life, pulling from wisdom, pulling from experience. My life began to flourish and take shape in the way that God destined. And I, I will go as far as to say I could not and I cannot apprehend 
the fullness of who I am and intended to be by God apart from verse five, submitting to the correction and rebuke of godly lovers. And the more that I've matured, the more that I've been able to accept correction and rebuke like an honor I can't refuse. And I'm, I'm obviously there are still places where, um, you know, we want to kick back or we want to rebuttal, but um, this is, this is how we grow. And unfortunately we have, we have much, we have adults who just haven't matured because they didn't have good fathering and mothering. They didn't have good boundaries. They didn't have good counsel to help them flourish into who they are. This verse is safety. You are the safest when you have somebody, a group of people speaking into your life, your lives who have permission to do that. And so yeah, wanted to share that piece. And, and, you know, even as a son, like there have been times where I felt like what was coming from a parent wasn't right. You know, it wasn't the full picture. It wasn't, it wasn't what I believe to be, you know, fully in line with what, what was happening, what God was doing. However, the last piece, even if they're mistaken, I'm going to pray, mm-hmm. God, you know, I'm submitting to this person, you know, that I have a check, but I trust you. And so I'm going to continue to say yes and continue to comply and agree, despite what I feel. When you do that, the Lord will always honor you. Always. Yeah, you can definitely see it in your life, John, that you're flourishing. You can see it. Mm-hmm. I love that you, in, in all of that, I love that you said you I'm going to paraphrase, you chose to be submissive because there was a, a time you weren't, you, you're choosing this and it's the better thing. And you found the value mm-hmm. and the truth. I, I love that. That spoke to me so much. So, and again, in the episode I did with my spiritual grandparents, we talk about that and how our generation and younger, we're going to have to learn that for us to advance and the generations to align. But the, yeah. The point I'm going to come from it is not submission, which I think was really neat and awesome. I'm going to come at it from the offense side. And mm. I find it interesting, John, that you're an exhorter and I'm a mercy. And the exhorter and mercy designs out of all seven are the two primary that have issues with easily being hurt <laughs> and offended. Yes. The major difference between the exhorter and mercy and handling offense is that the exhorter processes it quicker and is more easier bent on reconciliation because in innately in the exhorter god designed exhorters to break barriers and lines and denominational and geopolitical boundaries and to cause reconciliation not so with the mercy the mercy holds on to offense because the mercy doesn't process like the other six designs but we're not staying there David Amen. is a mercy. David is a redemptive mercy. And if when we read verse five, David is choosing to overcome his feelings and he's preferring Ooh. his spirit man over his soul where his feelings are. And we have to understand that it is the spirit of man so that rules the entire body. So for all of us to overcome hurt and offenses, even against our loved ones, we have to go in the spirit. Yeshua said on the cross, his last words, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. I Listen, mm. I, I want to encourage you all who are mercies, who are listening. I have to tell myself that daily. Now, there are times I don't, but I have to wake up and tell myself that because sometimes it's the feelings of Rashad R. Smith and not the <laughs> spirit of Mosai God. 
And when you do that, you allow God to take over in your yourself and your flesh and carnality and feelings to subside. The other thing I want to say is Jesus says in Luke 17 that offense is inevitable. Offenses are going to come. But here is what else Jesus says in Luke 17, 4. Forgive. I want you all to hear this. In this hour, this decade, the remaining of this year, we have got to learn forgiveness. That includes me. That includes the Mercy Design. And I have something to help you all. Two episodes ago from this one, I had a topic on self-justification. I want you all to go listen. We're not called to justify ourselves. That is Yahweh's sick canoe, who our just judge, and he's our avenger. It is his job. We step out of bounds in alignment with divine time when we self-justify, and we cause more issues than there were initially. And the final thing I want to say about verse five is that there is an entire book of wisdom called Proverbs. And I want to I want to connect this with what John got. Proverbs tells us that it is wise to accept and receive correction for it will not only make us wiser, but we will prosper. But Hmm. Proverbs also sends out a caution, admonition and a woe to those who refuse correction, calling them fools and rebellious and if you know anything about rebellion the root of that is witchcraft so yes. i want us to really think about that do you have anything else to add john before we move on brashad that was so rich <laughs> oh my gosh that was so rich oh my goodness that I, I just feel like because this this is a podcast that god is using in the earth i just want to turn what Rashad just said into just a place for you as the listener right now, if you're carrying offense, if you're carrying built up bitterness, um, contention in your heart, I would say if that provoked you as much as it should have, <laughs> this is an, an excellent opportunity to just hit the pause button and just let the Lord really help reconcile some things in your heart. Amen. Um, God is really after unifying his people and actually healing people from the inside out. And so, if you've been carrying offense, if you've been carrying judgment, you're actually creating spiritual and physical sickness in your yes. body that God is saying no more. Enough is enough. That's the that's the word I keep hearing from the Lord these last two weeks. Enough is enough. And so I just want to admonish you if if you want to reach out, if you need prayer, you know, this is an opportunity to respond to the Lord. Um, don't miss what Rashad just said. Rewind it. Pause it. Let the Lord really speak. And so don't miss this opportunity to repent and realign your heart before the Lord. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse six, their judges are overthrown by the sides of the cliff and they hear my words for they are sweet. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to read it out of the passion. When the leaders and judges are condemned falling upon the rocks of justice, then they'll know my words to them were true. Um, I'm just going to go back to what you just said. God, vengeance belongs to God. Mm-hmm. He, he is our justifier. He is our defense. And this is fresh to me because we're doing a Bible reading plan as a worship team. And actually in Second Chronicles 25, 12, the um, Amaziah and the sons of Judah actually do this. They, they take the Edomites, the, the enemy camp, and they walk them literally over a cliff. And it says that they, the, the enemies fall on the rocks of justice. And so David was definitely pulling from, from 2 Chronicles 25, 12. But 
the principle here is let God be true and every man a liar. Yeah. You know, the Lord is coming with his vindication. If, if we can rest in that, we're not trying to fight our own battles, yep. which is only causing more confusion and disunity. And um, I can't help but think about what Paul says in Second Corinthians ten five. He says, our weapons are not carnal oh, weapons. That's right. Paul, Paul says even explicitly, he says, our, our weapons are not manipulation and witchcraft means of of creating solutions our weapons are divinely powerful right. to the destruction of strongholds and so your weapon of prayer is the greatest weapon the greatest weapon lord i ask for your justice i pray that so often lord i, I declare your justice be visible in this situation lord that your justice would come swiftly to this, this encounter. And the Lord is faithful when we submit and yield ourselves to his vindication. Who, let me tell you how sweet that is. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, before I, I go into my revelation, I just got something from you. So I'm going back to verse four, where I said that God hears us when we pray. And I know that there are hmm. so many times that all of us, but some of you right now might be in that place that, well, John, I've been praying for justice and I've been asking for justice and it's not here. But I want to remind hmm. you of two things. Luke 18 of the widow. And she did not cease until she got her justice. So that's how you have that's to be. Right. And the other story is about the prophetess Anna, who spent her life in the tabernacle of God, praying and interceding until you might not see in your lifetime the thing that you have stood for justice for. But that does not mean he doesn't hear you and that he will not make the justice shine forth like the noonday. So, yeah. And, John, you were talking about vindication. And that's the first word that I have, that this verse is pure vindication. David doesn't have to open up his mouth. He doesn't have to say anything against his enemies, whether if they're leaders, friends, brothers, or actual enemies, because God is making David's justice shine forth like the noonday. And we can see this in Psalm 37. So I just pray that this verse would bring revelation to you all and bring you out of a place of defending yourselves and into a place that the defender begins to defend you. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Verse seven, our bones are scattered at the mouth of the grave as when one plows and breaks up the earth. Hmm. Yeah, like an earthquake splits open the earth. So the world of hell will open its mouth to swallow their scattered bones. Yeah, I think this is just falling on the heels of this last verse mm -hmm. as the earthquake splits open the earth and the the naturalness of our means of trying to operate life they're they're hellbound the the humanity the carnality of our decisions of how we want things to happen it 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 will never produce life and that's that's one thing i have really emphasized through the exchange message i just finished a class here here this last winter there is no gray area. I think people like to think, oh, there's a neutral zone or there's a there's a there's a gray area. There is no gray area. It's either under the Lord Yahweh's or it's under the enemies. Mm -hmm. And so if we understand that I'm not just not choosing a side, I'm just kind of in the middle. I'm Switzerland. That's never going to happen. <laughs> we're either honoring the Lord or we're, or we're submitting and yielding to the enemy. Right. And so 
as I as I as I read this verse, I just see, hey, every car- carnal humanistic action will be an open grave for the enemy. It will be an open grave where life will not come. And so I think David is really just saying, I can trust the Lord to not only vindicate me, but he'll put in its place all carnality, all demonic weapons, all demonic um, rendering and attacks. It'll all be swallowed up. And so. Amen. I agree with that. I also said that this was a continuation of verse six. um, And I just I'm going to close it out real quickly that this is the fate of our enemies that God avenges for his sons and daughters. It, it reinforces mm. that Yahweh Nisi, who is the God, who is our banner, he indeed fights for us. That's what this verse is saying. Amen. Verse eight, but my eyes are upon you, O Lord God, in you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. So good. I love how that reads. I, in the passion, it says, David says, I only have eyes for you. Mm-hmm. So I hide myself in you. And so, again, I think this just goes back to verse two, um, this singularity of focus. I've set my face like flint before the Lord. I only have eyes for him. And as I allow myself to come under the refuge, the fortress of who he is, it's Hebrews four. If you if you have time, you guys open up Hebrews four. And I would encourage you to read it in the passion. It's all about faith rest. And so when we come into this place of yielding to the Lord and his ability to fight for us, his ability to work on our behalf, we actually enter into a faith rest that allows us to be hidden, protected, and guarded. There's this inner life that begins to birth in you that I believe is the life of Christ and how he walked with such authority and such he was he was unbuffeted by anything that was coming his way I mean he just he was so fixed he was so aware of who he was in his sonship in his identity before the Lord and so as I hear David just in this passage I just hear him making the declaration you are my Lord lordship which sometimes we skip out on that when we're given the salvation message (laughs) lordship is back to verse five it's i'm submitted you sit on the throne of my life because i know that i'm submitted to your lordship that you are my god that my eyes are on you i am safe i am I'm, i'm hemmed in behind and before and so there's a lot in this 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 verse that I could go on and on about, but just the simplicity of I'm hidden in Christ with God and I'm safe. Psalm 91. Yes. Yes. Which is a great place to be. I I have something similar, but um, for, again, from a little different perspective, that David is not seeking inwardly for his own doing. And it goes back to what you were saying before. Um, about our carnality and about what Paul talks about as our true spiritual weapon. I have an aunt by choice, not by blood. And she says her superpower, she always talks about her superpower. It is her evidence. And she's talking about Holy Spirit. And it goes back Mm. to what I was talking about that Chuck Pierce exhorts. It goes back to Galatians chapter five. The first list talks about the carnal works. The second list talks about the works of Holy Spirit. And whenever, now let me pause there. 
Paul is talking to the Galatians, a Christian people. <laughs> so that message was yeah. for the church. It was not for the world or unbelievers. And I think that we forget that sometimes these epistles were written for the people of God. And mm. we have to understand and distinguish when we're operating in carnal or we're operating by Holy Spirit. If we want to further understand these things, I highly encourage you to read Romans chapter six through eight. They're excellent, yeah. especially chapter eight. It talks about life in the spirit. And when we're not in the spirit, we are in our own will. That's basically what John was saying. And what David chose not to do was not look inwardly, but put his eyes on God. And God was his avenger. David didn't focus on bitterness or the sting of offense or hurt or even false accusations. Those things hurt. Let's be honest, guys. Those things do hurt when you're falsely mm. accused, when you something happens that you had no idea you were taken off guard happens in your life and you were made to be a yeah. liar and wrong. It hurts, but stand in the pavilion, as John just said, Psalm 91, that he is your shield and buckler. and He will indeed avenge you. Hmm. Amen. Verse nine, keep me from the snares they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Hmm. Yeah, protect me. Keep me from the traps of wickedness they set for me. This is David's aware. The enemy is after me. David's aware that there are people devising a trap against him. And so, again, his, his position before the Lord, protect me. Don't leave me defenseless. Mm -hmm. There's just so much confidence in this verse yes. and so much rest. I, I, I hear rest yes. in David's voice in the sense of, I don't have to go look under every rock for every demon. I don't have to open Come every on. closet door. Lord, protect me. Set the traps against the enemy, which we're getting to in verse 10. Don't let me fall for this. And so I just think sometimes we can go on witch hunts yes. in the body of Christ yes. because we're wanting to be free and yada, yada, yada. But if we position ourselves to go, Lord, I'm hidden in you. Yeah. And I trust you to protect me from these places where the enemy wants me to stumble and fall. And actually you'll use those moments to actually lead me into freedom. There's a, there's a way of escape when there's a trap set for me, when my heart is positioned Amen. before you rightly. And I love that. There's, there's so much, I mean, that's something that I, I'm even like, okay, Lord, really, really cement that in me, really deposit that in me. I don't have to fear of someone misrepresenting me, mishandling me. Um, I'm not afraid. And it it lets me live wholeheartedly and not compartmentalized because I know that I'm being protected and that any traps being set for me will not prevail or prosper. Amen. That's so good, John. I'm not even going to share what I had in full. I'm just going to share a sentence or a synopsis of it, mm. but I will share this. I want to highlight something to you all that John said. My One of my mentors, Connie Fisher, taught me years ago, and it's simple. She said, Rashad, life is not about witch hunts and chasing down demons and fighting the devil. Life wow. is not about a battle between good and evil. That is a heresy that people have fallen Come into. On. She said, John and listeners, she said, life is about your journey with God. And in your journey, you will face trials and tribulations. As Yeshua said, in life, you will have trouble. But she said, those things are not your 
life. And John, it, you just summarized it up. So I think if we truly now, let me pause for a second. I don't want you to hear John and I say that we don't believe in spiritual warfare because both he and I are very fluent <laughs> in spiritual warfare. We are. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. Spiritual warfare indeed needs to happen. That's right. We need to do it and partake in it. But we don't need to live every second trying to figure out what demon is doing this and da 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 da. Go with right. your life. Go enjoy being with your family and your friends. And you know, I love. I was in Baton Rouge one time at at a conference. Dutch Sheets and Chuck were doing, and Dutch was poking fun at Chuck and and was saying that Chuck was bowling and Dutch wanted to get in the spirit and hear from God and Chuck just saying, "Hey, I'm bowling, I'm having fun." And Dutch was like, "Will you stop and come and pray with me?" And oh, you know well. they they laughed and they picked on it. It was so good, but it just showed you that there are moments where we just need to take off and enjoy being who God created us to be and enjoy life. And I think we get bogged down with that so much. And if we truly understood verse nine, as John is saying, and I'm going to put mm. my little synopsis in, is that God fights for us. That's that's really all I can say. I feel like sometimes we get into this grasshopper mentality and the giants yeah. are around us and I'm scared. But we have to understand that the word that persists and prevails is taller and stronger and it's in us we have victory. Yes. That's it. Hallelujah. Yeah. <clears throat> Verse 10, mm. closing it out. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape safely. You, could, you couldn't end any better than that, David. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's it. That's it. It's the, it's the summation of what we've been talking about. I love what Proverbs 26, 2 says. It says a curse without a cause mm -hmm. cannot light. Yeah. It means anything that is sent my way to harm me has no room to land. If there is no open door, there's no. And so David's saying, hey, these, these illicit traps that are being set by the wicked, I believe that there's not going to be any room for them to land because of who you are. You're my defense. And so, Lord, let them stumble into their own traps. Um, it's the Lord before um, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. The Lord is setting ambushes on our behalf. And we just declare we're coming out of this thing without a scratch. We're coming out of this thing unharmed. And so for those of you listening and you've been, you've been on the defense more than you have on the offense, we just pray that this, this passage resets you and resets mm -hmm. your vision that the Lord really can be your defense. He really can be your fortress um, that you hide in and that anything that the enemy plans for evil, God will resurrect for good. He will turn for good. And so, yeah, Amen. let them stumble into their own traps, Lord. <laughs> well, you, you just ended with where I'm going to begin. So there are many people, John, you might know some of them. Uh, I, I run into a few of them. There are many people in the body of Christ who don't believe in that prayer that David just prayed. They don't believe mm. in imprecatory prayers or God exacting revenge on behalf of those who oppress us. But Ooh, if, baby. if I know, right, if you've been listening to John in my revelation, if you read Psalm 141 and all the other Psalms, God gave David a word. Touch not mm. my anointed and do no harm to my prophet. But I want yeah. you to hear this. Generations before David came on the scene, God gave this covenant promise to Abraham stating 
I will bless you and cause you to be a blessing. And any nation that blesses you, I will bless them. And any nation that curses you, I will curse them. We are the seed and blessing of Abraham. So that covenant stands true for us today. Now, we're not going to boast in the defeat or downfall of the wicked because scripture tells us to pray for our enemies, love our enemies, don't delight in the downfall or demise of them. However, we have to see the summarization of this passage as the defender defending his beloved. And just as daddy Mm. God tells the son, Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make all under your feet. He promises us that our enemies will be our footstool. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Well, John, this has been good. I'm going to close us out in prayer, but I want to thank you for devoting your time. Um, as some of you may know, this is the month of Savan, which aligns with the giver redemptive gift design. And I have a teaching on this, but John mentioned earlier, he also teach, he taught on this and it was so good. It was so rich. And, One thing I really Mm -hmm. took from your teaching, John, which I'm going to paraphrase, is that it doesn't matter how you invest in the kingdom of God this month, be it finances, prayer or time. Just make sure you invest in his kingdom and you Mm -hmm. have truly invested in this podcast and your time today. So I I pray that a multiplicity of blessing and revelation knowledge just comes back on you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Father in heaven, right now, in your son's name, I pray for the listeners tuning in now and who will listen, that they will allow the revelation knowledge imparted this day to sink into their spirit man to unpack and discover even more mysteries and truths of this passage. But I also ask, Father God, that they will then take it to their souls so that there will be a healthy relationship between spirit and soul and that the soul will fulfill and act out this revelation. Daddy God, I thank you that you have never mm. left any one of us in our times of need or trials. You are always fighting for us. May we see your strong right arm avenge, protect, and save us now and forevermore. May we turn our focus on you as David did and allow you to be all who you are as we rest in your bosom, in your hand, in your pavilion, and in all who you are as our strong tower and our deliverance. Father, I pray this hour for your sons and daughters that they would make mention of the name of Jesus like never before so that the bowls of heaven are filled day and night and night and day as it always was meant to be. I decree an open heaven right now and that we will discover these portals in earth that we ascend and descend to be with you to hear from you and to bring justice into the earth yes amen do you have anything else to add john yeah lord we just seal this word with your blood and by your spirit god and i just declare freedom i declare freedom to every listener god that they're stepping into a greater degree of freedom in their family and their relationships, God, in their ministry uh, partnerships in their church. God, I declare reconcilers are being equipped to go out in the power and the life of Jesus. And Lord, we just honor you. We thank you for avenues like these to reach the body of Christ for your purposes and for your glory. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, John, thanks again for your time and blessings to you. It was an honor. It was a pleasure. I love gleaning from you <laughs> and bouncing. From Likewise. Yeah. Well, listeners. So rich, man. Yeah, it really was. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back shortly. <laughs>